Voice Live from CES is an official event within the greater CES program, where the world's top brand leaders will share insights about how they are engaging customers through voice-enabled devices in our homes, cars, hotels, and more. To learn more about how you can be a sponsor, speaker, or attend Voice Live from CES, visit voicesummit.ai slash CES. That's voicesummit.ai slash CES. Ahmed Bouzid is the CEO of Witlingo, a former Amazon Alexa head of product smart home employee and a voice first evangelist. He spoke at Voice Summit a few months ago, and today he's on talking about how business managers with no tech experience can create a brand presence, what a voice experience can look like, plus his top tips for starting and growing a voice-based business and the current voice experiences he's using and enjoying right now. Hi, Inside Voice podcast listeners. This is your co-host, Carrie Roberts. And today I have with me Ahmed Bouzid, the CEO of Witlingo, former Amazon Alexa head of products, smart home employee, and voice first evangelist. Welcome, Ahmed. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you very much. So you've talked about before how much you value and express the importance of doing the research and UX first and foremost over the actual coding of a voice experience because it's important to know what you're solving in order to build the right thing. Now, this is partly what led you to creating your platform with Lingo for people who work in areas of business or marketing or customer care to use so they don't need to know how to code or even hire someone who does. Can you talk a bit about how Witlingo is helping business managers to extend their brand presence in the voice first channel? Yeah, absolutely. So the statement that one needs to do research to identify problems to solve, real problems to solve for folks is, I think, essential not only to voice, but to all businesses, but especially with voice, because finding something that voice can solve better than, say, your mobile device or your laptop is that much effort that you need to do. So you have to provide a compelling reason why somebody needs to adopt a new channel the voice channel. And usually it revolves around convenience, right? So you can do something with voice uh, faster, with less effort, with fewer steps than you would need to do with a mobile device or laptop or whatever it may be that is competing against it, or even getting up and going and picking up a piece of paper and looking at it, right? Uh, That's effort. And so wherever you can deliver an experience where voice is differentiating or differentiated meaningfully, right? Where it saves many steps, there you have something that somebody has a chance of paying you for. I'll give you an example, right? So we work with assisted living homes. And in these homes, one of the key things that the home is always focused on is ensuring that the residents are active, that they are doing things, that they're not sitting in their apartment on their own, isolated, right? So activities are crucial. In these assisted living homes, they they have a calendar uh, that tells them what's happening at 10 o'clock, at 11.30, Maybe there is a gathering to watch a movie or there is a white elephant event, so forth. And it's all about getting them to get up, crucially connect with others and do things and be busy because being busy is a sure way to stay healthy. Most of these assisted living homes, they they have a printed calendar that people have to pick up and look at and the font is small or it's in the website and they have to go somewhere or they pick up the phone and call and ask somebody. So what we are doing right now is we're working in various homes where the calendar is available through an Alexa skill. So you just say what's happening today or what's happening this afternoon or what's happening tomorrow and it tells you. And there you can see where you're providing real convenience 
and non-trivial convenience for the resident. They're able to simply ask and listen. And so uh, it takes care of where is the piece of paper, or the font is too small. And also if it's a piece of paper, if they change an event, you say they cancel it or they change the time, then right, you might have misinformation and so on. And so that's an example of where voice is crucial. And so that has informed our core mission, which is whatever we do, we need to make sure that voice is not a poor version of something that can be done better for another interface. In fact, it is a better interface because it solves some real problems or remove some friction. And in, in the case of this is a living home, the friction is obvious. In other cases, you have to do, you have to dig in, you have to do research, you have to find out exactly how you are going to solve a problem far more efficiently or cost-effectively or just pure conveniently uh, or provide better convenience to the user and have it be something that is compelling enough for the business to buy from you. And so our product is, in essence, very much informed by that ethos of ease of creation, ease of deployment, ease of use, handling errors gracefully, because in, in voice, right, uh, there's not a lot of room to make an error, right? If you have an error, you have to quickly tell the person that maybe you couldn't find the information and get the conversation back into uh, to the right track. Yeah, I used to work in a kind of like an assisted facility space a long time ago. And what you're talking about is a very common problem of people can't see the schedule. They're asking questions. You're answering the same question a million times. And I think it's great that you're bringing up this idea that that's a perfect way that voice fits into kind of an everyday experience. And one of the things you were at Voice Summit, you were one of our speakers. And one of the things that I kind of heard from some people that don't know as much about voice is it's great. I want to be a part of it. How do I do this? How do I get involved? And we've had people come on the show talking about kind of the branding part and the strategy, but then people always say, well, I don't know how to code or who do I hire or what do I do? And this is where Quitlingo comes in. And I'm curious, can you give us a little bit of like a step-by-step approach of how somebody would use your application to develop a voice strategy once they've done you know, the research and everything else? Yeah, great question. So our target user of our tool is an owner of a business function. For example, a digital marketer or a customer care manager, not an agency, not the IT uh, team within a company, but a business buyer. And our offering is a software as a service. So examples of software as a service products out there that business buyers are using would be, for example, Zendesk. So if you're a customer care manager, you use Zendesk to take care of the incoming tickets from your customers, prioritizing them, assigning them to the team, keeping track of, of them, having an archive of what happened and so on, right? And that is used directly by the customer care manager. Another one would be salesforce.com, used by the sales team and the sales manager. It's not used by the IT or created by the IT team. It's out there. You, the sales manager, would go and buy licenses for your uh, team and they would use it directly. The core of the product is that this tool is used by, for example, the digital marketer or somebody in the digital marketing team or the customer care manager, someone in the customer care management team. The key thing about the tool is that you are able to manage the content because it's all about the content. For example, if you are a customer care manager, it's all about what are the questions that people ask. So that's the research you would do. And usually people who have been running a business and have customers know what are the top say, 10 questions that people ask. And so their job really is to basically take those questions, 
create a voice version of them. And they would do that by simply recording the answer in their own voice, or they can hire a talent, or we can have one of our talents recorded for them, and then make it available, make that skill or action, Google Action, available for folks to ask questions and get answers. So you ask a question, there is one of the 80% of the questions people ask, and you get an answer. It's in a nutshell, the tool is a content management system for audio that is delivered in the context of a conversation. So you ask a question, you get an answer, you may ask a follow-up question, you get a more detailed answer, enabling you, say the customer care manager, to offload incoming calls or incoming tickets or having the user go to the website and uh, maybe find your FAQ page and then, and then browse up and down and look for the answer or type a question, right? All those are multiple steps that uh, are reduced to simply one question in the case of voice, right? So the challenge there really is for you, the business, if you build one of these customer care management skills to make sure that your customers know that it exists, right? So you need to surface it, say, maybe in your Facebook page, in your Twitter page, you may need to surface it in your, you know, maybe even in the web page where you have an FAQ on the website. You may say, hey, by the way, next time you have a question, just try our skill. And what we believe is, and we have seen this not only within our customers and solutions where we're launching, but in general, these voice assistants like Alexa and Google Assistant are becoming what we're calling a channel of first resort. Meaning, because it's so easy to ask and get an answer, even if you ask the question or a question and you don't get the answer that you wanted, you didn't expend a lot of effort, right? You just asked. And so you, people have developing this habit of asking their Alexa a question. And then if they get the answer, they're happy. If they don't, then they go to some heavier interface, maybe their laptop or their smartphone, right? So the process is very straightforward. You engage with us, you know, we create an account for you, and then from that point on, we tell you that here are the features, and you're really your job as the owner of that skill is to upload audios, and behind the scenes, what happens is they get tagged by our software, they, get, they become searchable, and the skill then is available for you to deploy. And from that point on, you, as the owner of that skill, you'll be able to log in, see how the skill is doing in terms of usage, how many people are using it, how many people are new, how many people are repeat users, how long are they staying with the skill, what are they saying, actually. We have a, a dashboard that shows you what they're saying in terms of text, right? So Alexa takes your audio, transcribes it, gives it back to us. We then do a search and give an answer. So you can see what people are asking, and you can also see what the skill is returning as an answer so that you can look around, identify if there are any missing questions that people are asking that you don't have an answer for, or maybe questions that are not being answered correctly. And you, as the owner of that skill and the owner of the content, since you know your domain, then are able to refine the skill, add more questions, uh, refine your answers, and so on. Which is great. Again, if you're listening to this and you are not directly in the voice community as a developer or conversational designer, I think this is a really great tool because like you said, you don't have to know how to do any of the technical stuff. You're kind of just dragging and dropping and uploading. And then what's great is you're getting all this feedback and analytics for you to kind of decide what to do next. Exactly. Yeah. We have moved into more of a product company the last, I would say, four or five months. And before that, we were an agency. And so what we learned in our agency phase is the following people, folks who are in digital marketing or customer care, they come to us and they say, okay, we're convinced that voice is here to stay. It's not a fad. And so we would like to do something. And they say, we don't know what to do. Often what happens is, and you've seen this, lots and lots of skills are deployed just 
for the sake of being able to say that we have a skill. And that's not a good reason to deploy a skill, right? So they come to us and say, we want to deploy a skill, but we don't want it to be just a toy or something that we can say, hey, we have a skill and end up with one star out of five, right? And initially what we did is we engaged with them and we brainstormed and you had all kinds of stakeholders coming in, all kinds of VPs and just conversation went on and on. And then the next question is, do we have budget? Meaning, does the prospect have budget for it? And then thirdly, how disruptive is it? How many people have to be part of this launch process? And so the key lessons learned from us as we shifted to product is when somebody comes in and says, what should we do? We have an answer. Look, these Alexas and Google Assistant, people use them most of the time to ask questions and some basic things like the time and the weather. But they ask questions. They they want to get answers to questions that they have. Could be sports question, could be a question about what's the nearest post office, but they ask questions. So let's take that as a data point. If your brand answers questions that uh, your customers have or your prospects have about you, then you're delivering value. You not only have a skill out there and you're playing in voice, but you're already delivering some value. And number two, the cost. The cost is low. So because this is a new interface and there is a risk and should they uh, be involved in in doing this or should they wait, we make it a no-brainer. So $1,000 set up, $500 a month, you know, for a digital marketer, customer care manager, $6,000, $7,000 a year is a drop in the bucket. And then thirdly is you don't need to bring in a team to build and so it doesn't take resources. All companies who are doing their job are busy, more than busy. Everybody's busy doing their stuff. They don't want another headache on top of all the issues they're, they're solving. And so, boom, right? You have the tool. All you have to do is upload content and then it's up and running and you can check it once a week. So we, sort of we, we alleviate their concern about, well, is this going to hog my resources? Are my developers going to be you know, tied up with this? And, or are my, my VPs and sales folks going to have to be looking at this and giving you feedback and so forth? No, you're in charge of it. It's all about creating content. And once you create content, it's low maintenance. And so we alleviate the, the, you know, the problems of what to deploy, how much does it cost, and how much of a disruption is it to the business. And so that's why we have gravitated toward a product-focused, uh, software-as-a-service product-focused company. Now, Ahmed, you've been doing this, I mean, not just Whitlingo, I mean, voice in general for years. I mean, I know you had talked about in another interview, you'd been doing a lot of it since grad school. Mm-hmm. What is it about voice that, that you're so passionate about? Why do you love it so much? Yeah, well, first of all, voice is the most natural way to engage other folks. It's just so central to being a human being that uh, I've always been captivated by the notion of being able to talk to an artificial machine and have it be able to engage with you on your terms, on the terms of the human being, in terms of language, in terms of conversational protocols, right? So it's fascinating as a, you know, as a problem in and of itself, being able to create an artificial intelligence that engages with you in your language, in human language, is fascinating, right? So that was sort of the, the core driving thing initially is it's fascinating to solve this problem. The problem is very complex and difficult to solve. That's why it took so long to get to a point where we have something that is viable that we can talk to. I mean, we are still in the very initial phase of it. You know, the Alexa would never, at the, right now, is not passing the Turing test, right? The Turing test is where we're not sure if the entity on the other side is a human being or not, right? I think Google Duplex got close to that. Number one is this it's a fascinating problem in and of itself, but also I've always believed, and many people in the field, in the speech recognition world, I've always believed that it's a matter of time before the voice interface becomes viable, becomes a business proposition where you can, in fact, deliver value that folks are going to pay you for because you're solving real problems, right? And it's true, right? You can, if you do your work, you will find that there are actually many, many problems that you can solve 
uh, where voice is the primary and the best way to solve the problem or to deliver the value than any other interface. Now, I want to switch gears just slightly and talk about you kind of as a business owner, because starting a business is difficult in any genre or format. But can you give listeners a sense of what it means or feels like to build a company not only from scratch, but in a brand new and evolving space, especially for those that either want to do the same or maybe anyone that's listening that also has a voice-based business? That's a great question. Yeah. As you said, it is difficult enough to launch a business, any business. Uh, take a restaurant, right? Restaurants right, have been done for hundreds of years and still it's a very difficult proposition to pull off a restaurant or any business as such, right? In the case of an emerging space, so this is a completely new category. It's the category of eyes-free, hands-free, some smart speakers, or even voice as such. You know, voice as such really started in, with Siri in 2011 or so. And just before that, there were some applications where voice, where mobile apps delivering content and transaction through voice existed. But it's a, it's a pretty new category. And so building a business, a brand new business in a brand new category has multiple layers of challenges and opportunities. So for example, we launched our business in 2016. That was just when the Amazon Echo became available generally. It became available generally in the summer of 2015. So this is very, very early on where the mainstream, the vast mainstream, either didn't know that there is such a thing as the Amazon Echo or knew, but thought of it as more of a gizmo, not really a serious thing. So how, if you're trying to build a business, you're trying to find folks who are willing to pay you money for delivering these voice experiences. And so how do you do that? The first thing, uh, well, my advice is, If you are going to make a bet that down the line, people are going to need a certain product, that's pretty risky because we didn't know and we still don't know a lot. Uh, We didn't know where where the space was going, what kind of problems would emerge. And so my recommendation, this is what we did, is focus on closing customers, look for them, folks who have shown signs in the past of pushing the envelope, of the innovation envelope, that they are willing to jump. Look hard and find these customers who are willing to pay you some money for launching skills. And we were lucky enough to find a bunch of them, half a dozen within the first year that we worked with, one off, one at a time. We did the research for each one of them. We designed the skills and the actions towards the end, we started doing actions. And basically, just we were an agency that got into the world of voice uh, and solving real problems and crucially being paid for doing that. First of all, you have, when you build a business, you have to survive, right? So having money is crucial. And number two is as you do that, you learn. You're learning, you know, what does value mean in, in the voice interface? And things that are obvious right now, which is find problems that cannot be solved as elegantly or efficiently by any other means than voice. Don't simply try to emulate a voice version of whatever, of searching or whatever it may be, right? find those problems. And number three, build your team, right? Build a team that is committed, that will stick with you for the long haul. And number four, crucially, is think you're playing the long game because the market needs to catch up with you. And so by the time it catches up with you, you either have survived and now you're ready for them or you have not survived because you spent resources on solving problems that people were not willing to pay for. For example, you, you may raise early on and you may say, I'm going to solve this problem, right? And it turns out that that problem is not the right problem to solve, right? And so you you spent that money and most crucially the time not learning about what is monetizable, but doing something that could have uh, gone somewhere but didn't. So it's crucial for you to ensure that you survive, you learn, 
up to the time where the market is ready for you. And an example of a market ready for you is you engage with a digital marketer. You tell them that, hey, this is the time to launch. There's a concept of SEO or having presence in the voice web that is time sensitive. And the sooner you go out, the better uh, your SEO and voice will be. And so then you can have that conversation. You can have that conversation only when the basics have been, have been taken care of. They know what Alexa is. They are convinced because the evidence is there. But this is not a fad because we're three years into it and you can see the adoption rate is there's a hockey stick in terms of adoption rate. So that part of the conversation or that hurdle is no longer there. And now you are more about where we are right now, which is, look, we can get you up and running with minimal cost, minimal disruption, and you're delivering value to your customers. And having presence now is better than having presence a year from now because a year from now, uh, your competition would have dug deeper roots into the, the voice space. And when somebody asks a question, they may get the answer of your competition versus you. Thank you. That is a great rundown. And I think the most important thing you're talking about is making sure it's a problem that needs and wants to be solved. And that's going to help in the long run. I'm curious because I know you have quite a few patents. Why is getting a patent important to you, especially in this space and for your company? First of all, it's an indication that you are an innovator. Right, a patent is something that you thought of way before somebody else. Right, so you're thinking ahead, so it's a good sign that you think um, ahead of the curve. And thinking ahead of the curve is an important signal when you are in a new emerging field. I'm not a big believer in patents are going to protect you or fence the competition off. I think um, if you get into a situation where you have to, you know, negotiate about patents and so forth, then it's a conversation that, uh, you know, it's a business problem like any other business problem. It's not a differentiating thing. I think mainly it's just, it's a good indicator that you are an innovator and that you're always thinking ahead of the curve. Now, if people want to learn more about what we talked about today or use your product or connect with you, where can they do that online? Well, you can email me directly at ahmed.witlingo.com. Obviously, you can go to our website, witlingo.com. You can follow me on uh, Twitter. at um, My handle is D as in Dave, I, D as in Dave, O-U, Didu. I'm relatively active there and I'm also on LinkedIn. Just look for my name, Ahmed Bouzid. I don't think there are too many Ahmed Bouzids out there. And one of the things I'm looking to do on this show is to promote voice skills, experiences, and flash briefings so people can start to find them and have great voice interactions. Do you have one that you're currently using and find useful and or enjoyable right now? Oh, well, okay. Well, let me mention my, we're calling it a biologue, biologue, dialogue, right? And if you look for the skill Ahmed talking, you'll be able to, in, in essence, ask me questions and I'll answer them in my own voice. So like, what are your hobbies? What books have you read? Or would you go to school, right? It's a thing that allows you to have a conversation with me virtually, right? So that's, uh, that's my skill. And then in terms of great skills out there, I listen to lots of flash briefings. I think the Jeopardy skill is something that I use on a regular basis just because it's one of the best out there. You're able to just answer questions and I'm a fan of Jeopardy. And then let's see what else. Um, and those are the main things that uh, usually it's flash briefing, people that I follow, and then playing some games. And obviously, on a regular basis, uh, you know, I test and make sure that my customers' skills are up and running. One of the fascinating skill, actually, it's a Google action that, uh, that sort of captures how you can deploy something that simply cannot be emulated by any other interface is uh, a skill we launched for Berlitz, the language learning, right? If you want to learn, English, for example, you learn conversational English and do it without having to talk to a human being, your best bet is to do it with a voice assistant. Voice assistant says, creates a scenario for you, 
and then in, uh, in I think the scenario that we did for Berlitz is um, is flights, a flight in, uh, to New York. And so a flight has a structure, you, you ask for drinks and for menu, and maybe you only want to ask for a pillow. And so there is acting, uh, so there is uh, the attendant, and there, is a, there are a couple of, um, of uh, passengers that talk to you, and there you are forced to talk and listen. And so that back and forth, and it's time sensitive, so you have to listen carefully and answer, is simply not doable in any other interface because the core of the experience is conversation and listening to spoken English and articulating spoken English. So that's a great example of where you just cannot do it in any other interface. The voice interface and the core value of the voice interface is the essence of, uh, of the value of that, uh, of that Google action in this case. Thank you so much, Ahmed. This has been extremely informative and helpful to businesses and those trying to start in the same industry. So thank you so much for your insight and your time today. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you for listening to the Inside Voice podcast. We greatly appreciate you being a part of our community. And if you enjoyed this episode or you like the podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe, follow, like, share, leave a review of the show. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, people you want to see on the show, things you want to learn, feel free to send us an email at kerry at modev.com. That's K-E-R-I at M-O-D-E-V.com. And be sure to check us out online at voicesummit.ai. Thank you. And we look forward to chatting with you next week.